Hello, everyone. I'm broadcasting from Shanghai, China, and today's date is May eighth, twenty twenty-two. Do you still remember the twenty twenty lockdown? Masking and social distancing policies became the norm, while businesses, schools, and offices went quiet. More than two years into COVID, we have now learned to live with the virus somewhat. However, in the Chinese city of Shanghai, the definition of lockdown is brought to new level by people in power. In March of 2022, Omicron sneaked into Shanghai, the biggest city in China. The city mandated an extremely strict COVID lockdown, affecting the lives of more than 25 million people. Today, we have a resident in Shanghai to tell us about her firsthand experience about what the lockdown means to her. And those around her. The different situation in Shanghai as of now is that the whole city has been shut down. Now, part of the city has been shut down since the end of March, and the second half of the city has been shut down since the beginning of April. We are not allowed to go out of、um, compound or neighborhood, or even not going out to the、um, common area of the compound. We're not allowed to go to work, go shopping. Kids are not going to school because schools are shut down, and a lot of the hospitals are shut down. So many patients cannot go to hospitals or emergency rooms. So you can imagine how chaotic it has been for the Shanghai citizens, but I have to say, every single one of them is trying so hard to go through this difficult time. They try to buy food、uh, in a way, so-called group purchase, because the first and foremost problem during a lockdown is that people may not have food storage at home. Then it's worrisome. And even if you have some storage of food, usually doesn't sustain for over a month. In addition to the food problem, people have medical needs, but it is required that you have、um, a test, which has to be negative before you can be admitted to any kind of hospital. At least in the beginning of the shutdown, that is the case, and that has caused. Some people who have real emergencies to have lost their lives. A lot of citizens in Shanghai、uh, currently don't feel that they have the kind of respect they would hope for during the normal days. On the bright side, what I, from what I observe, the Shanghai citizens have shown high level of civilization. And respect for themselves and for each other. Locking the city down has huge costs. For a virus that's not so deadly, will the cost be worth it? And besides, due to the highly、uh, contagious feature of Omicron virus, will this lockdown be successful by cutting the number of? People who getting fired,、uh, infected to zero. 
With these questions in mind, we had a long talk with her on May 18th, the 49th day of lockdown. The persistence and displays of humanity of the Shanghai citizens in the midst of this quarantine are incredible. To protect her from possible censorship in China, we changed her voice and master identity in this interview. How and when did the whole like quarantine, being forced to stay at home thing start? Uh, so there are two parts in Shanghai, which is divided by the Huangpu River. So the east part of the Huangpu River uh, start the lockdown on May. Oh no, sorry, March twenty eighth. And the west side of the Huangpu River started the lockdown on April first or April fifth. I don't remember exactly, but around that range. And on、um, which side were you on? I'm in the east side of the river. So I've been locked down since March twenty eighth. And were you given time to prepare for the lockdown? Four hours. Right. I got a phone call from a friend at around eight in the evening, and the lockdown starts at twelve midnight of the same day. So I got four hours, which is a bit better than a lot other people. So I did had a, have a chance to go to the closest supermarket and got a lot of veggies, fruits. But I have to say, the west part of Shanghai, they got four days. Advance notice because the east side was shut down first, and they were told that the west side will be shut down in four days. But I think that a lot of people didn't expect that the shutdown would be so long because we were told that it only will be around five days. So your friend told you about the thing. So did your friend hear from the government? Was it a government、um, announced message? Uh, I think my friend is manager of a American enterprise company. I guess he's a trustworthy source that I, that we believe. So, if we hear from other sources, we may hesitate on acting upon it. But we know that he's a trustworthy, reliable source, so we acted upon it, and we're glad that we actually did go to the market and get some basic supplies. Um. What other sources were there? You said some of them weren't trustworthy. How are they not trustworthy? Well, since the um the two thousand twenty Wuhan incidents of the virus, so the Chinese government actually、uh, paid great attention to giving out information by municipal sources. So there is a a source called Shanghai um Shanghai Fabu. So it's like a Shanghai news agency, which. Hold、uh, daily conferences and put information、uh, on the government side every day on the number of counts of、um, positive cases. I mean, it is relatively reliable, but sometimes people have their own estimate about you know how reliable and trustworthy. Sometimes I, I think government has perspectives of their own, so they. Definitely has their own agenda and their timeline of giving out information. Naturally, people would get some、um, caution about how much trust you would put on.、Mm-hmm. If you have some kind of insider information, then you probably would trust the insider information more. And you mentioned that you went to the supermarket to look for like basic supplies. What、uh, kind of supplies did you look for? Basically.、Um, Vegetables. 
because usually uh, we don't stock food that much at our house. But since it's going to lock down at least a week, we were told. At last, that time, I believe that probably it will take a week. So we just get as much veggie as we can and bread, milk and, and fruits and all these kind of stuff. And because we have some frozen meat at home, so we're not so worried about meat and chicken or, or seafood that much. But we don't store veggies that much at home because we want something to be fresh. That's what we are panicked in the first place. But we've made guesses about when the lockdown will be over uh, multiple times and repeatedly, and it never came. And it's still in policy right now. So we do have to rely on ourselves and friends in our neighborhood to do so-called group purchase uh, to buy all kinds of things that you need in daily life, including meat, veggie, uh, trash bags, detergent, because it's been over a month. Um, so you were talking about group shopping. Can you explain yes. about group shopping? So we have WeChat, right? That's a very good communication way. So we pull uh, people who live in the same neighborhood into a WeChat, WeChat group. And now whoever has resources, for example, a friend, is a food supplier, a, a relative who still have stock in their storage room, things like that. We pull together all the leads and then just post the information uh, in the WeChat group. And whoever wants to buy uh, whatever is available, just do a, uh, it's so-called jielong, um, it's like uh, ordering in lists. Just write down what you want from whatever we have right now. And then just pay each other using WeChat Pay. So I think this system actually works pretty well for our neighborhood and our um Residents tried their best to find as many resources as possible. Uh, we basically can sustain ourselves pretty well. But that rely on the community management office who is relatively cooperative with us so that they don't block us from doing this kind of thing because all the food, all the supplies that we buy has to be delivered uh, to, the, to the gate of the neighborhood. Uh, if they say, no, you cannot do this kind of group ordering because it's against the policy, then you cannot do it. But I think for our particular neighborhood, they are relatively uh, flexible with that. But I also heard some friends' neighborhood, they have a very different situation. Their management office may not want to do that because it's a hassle for them. They have to do some kind of delivering. That's extra work for them. And I also heard some neighborhood, they are less flexible because they can work with some people so that they can profit from the group ordering. So instead of residents doing the group ordering by themselves, they are offering some kind of official group ordering so that they can put some uh, profits into there. And then they don't allow residents' own group purchasing to be delivered. Some of them even throw away stuff just because you have to order from the so-called official group purchasing so that they can make 
I don't know, 20, 30% profit out of those purchases. And, and are members of your community and other communities always supportive of each other? Our community is particularly good. So we try to understand each other. We don't have, you know, minor disagreements. We, we know it's a very hard time and we know that we have to help each other out. Otherwise, we will be even worse situation. And um, a lot of the residents in our neighborhood also organize like book clubs because people need social contacts, right? We, we organized uh, book clubs. We organized uh, basketball clubs. We organized uh, running clubs so that we don't get too depressed in the situation. Um, they all work out very well. And the good side, I also want to mention another good side is that I asked a few kids about this lockdown. I think at least in our neighborhood, uh, like I said, the management office is not very um, strict in terms of the locking down policy. We're still allowed to go out of our house and go around the neighborhood. And the kids, I asked two kids, I asked them whether they think very badly about the lockdown. To my surprise, they think the lockdown has good sides. For one thing, they can see their parents more often. The other thing is that they make new friends in the neighborhood because they have more time. Another good thing is that because a lot of houses have pets, like dogs, cute dogs, cute cats, rabbits and stuff, because our grown-ups understand how stressful it is to be locked down. So a lot of the uh, neighbors actually offering their pets for the kids to play with. That actually helps. And are the children doing school online? Yes. I think most schools should be uh, giving out online sessions. Uh, for my daughter's case, I think their school is doing a great job. They make the Zoom calls very smooth. The kids are still in schedule, so they don't feel like disoriented. They still have something to go to. Um, that's very helpful. Because of her age is only 10, she's just getting into the pre-adolescence time. So I don't think that she's mature enough to be depressed as long as there are things getting her attention. Um, so she's pretty happy about doing the Zoom. Um, I'm sure situations in other neighborhoods where kids are not allowed to go downstairs to the community, that would be much harder. I think on the news, I've seen a lot of like the videos where like they're trying to stay out of their house, but the police are like hitting them and forcing them to go back into their house. I think what I'm hearing from your side, it seems a, a lot more peaceful and it seems a lot more reasonable than I think what's being shown on the news. I agree. I think our neighborhood is a special case. Uh, for one thing, it's not a high rise apartment building. In that kind of situation, it would be much harder. You are not allowed to go out of your apartment because if you're using the public space people worry that the virus will spread more easily so i understand that it is very difficult to not go out of your apartment for 50 days and it, it, it's a density issue right so in our neighborhood we only have like 80 houses and the average family size is about four and a half people so the total number of people is quite small but compared to bigger neighborhoods, which has a lot of high-rise buildings, maybe 3,000 households in one neighborhood, 
it's much more chaotic. And I think that the management office there and the police officers probably will be much more strict. And I know that there are people who doesn't want to go to a special like hospital unit for those who are tested positive. The police uh, force will come to their home and then just take the take them away by force. There's definitely force involved. So they would like break down the door and take them. Away. Oh yeah, yes, yes. If you resist to be taken away, they will do that. Uh, if they have capacity, because at the beginning of the lockdown, there are so many positive cases. Because Shanghai is currently is over five hundred thousand positive cases, right? So in the beginning of the lockdown, there's just not enough capacity. There's not enough hospital units to hold these positive cases. There are not enough staff members to take away the positive cases and send them. To the right places for them to have a, like a special lockdown place. So in those processes, especially in the beginning of the lockdown time period, there's a lot of tragic stories. Like pregnant women were taken on the bus, and then it take I don't know twelve hours before she gets settled down in a special lockdown hospital in which the condition is poor. Virtually no、uh, medical staff. There's virtually no.、Um, Support in medicine、uh, or anything like that. There's probably not enough beds.、Um, I know a friend who's like 37 weeks into her pregnancy, so it's a very dangerous time. She got taken away and spent 12 hours on a car on a on a bus before she gets settled down. And、uh, just this very chaotic situation. No one tells her what's going to happen, and they are also taken away. Older people, like in their eighties or nineties, they have to be taken away because they're tested positive. In the beginning, there's also this cruel policy that even kids, three-year-olds or younger, are taken away without a parent, and they were put together. And there's not enough nurses. There are some videos getting out on the WeChat. We see that the kids are crying, babies are crying in those units, and there's virtually no support. And that actually affected many people in terms of how they are going to do if some relatives, someone in the family, get tested positive. What are they going to do? Are they going to stick to their kids or not? So I think a lot of people made a firm decision that we're not going to separate with our kids, even if they're tested positive, and we have to be locked down together with them because you cannot rely on. Insufficient staff members of nurses to take care of your kids who is who doesn't know anything basically. Um, you were talking about like the elder elderly people and how they were dragged away. If let's say someone who wasn't tested positive but he just needed a lot of help, how would the community support him? Yeah, but I think you are on your own basically. That's the shortcut answer to your question. There's no support. Yeah, there are a lot of. Abnormal death cases in Shanghai. The first and foremost case that struck me is that a nurse who is in her thirties only and who used to work in a hospital and she has asthma situation. And one night 
it's probably very early in the lockdown. Her asthma episodes came, and it seems that it's not controllable by her normal medicine. So she drove back to the hospital she works, and she was never admitted to the hospital emergency room. And because she doesn't have a negative test result within 48 hours. So the hospital she has worked for over 10 years just refused to admit her and ask her to go to other hospitals. And there are so few hospitals who actually do accept patients at that situation without a test results. So she ended up dead during that night. I cannot imagine like a hospital that you've worked for over 10 years, just refuse your own staff and just let them die on the street, basically. That's heartbreaking. I mean, the policy is, try to, is trying to save people's lives, right? But there are people who need your help and in critical situations right there in front of you and you did nothing, which is really thought-provoking that is the policy really um, designed in a humanistic way? Is it really trying to save lives? But at the same time, you're just an onlooker at a person who is in desperate needing of help. There are other cases like very old people who have heart issues. They cannot get admitted into a hospital and they do wait four hours outside of emergency rooms to, to get a test result. And some really old people died just waiting there. There's a famous uh, finance professor whose mom uh, is that, in that kind of situation. It's really sad. If there's no lockdown, she will not die. There's plenty of uh, medical supports for her. And there are a few other cases. I think as far as I remember, because there's no official tabulation of this kind of cases, as far as I know, at least 10 such cases happen. There are also people who are in critical situation right out of big surgery in the hospital. All the nurses, all the caregivers are taken away because there are positive cases in those hospitals. And no one is taking care of those critical situation patients and they die on their own. Even though it just suppose it's only like 10 cases, it's still heartbreaking. I think that's one aspect of the problem who are in medical needs. The other aspect is that um, some people, some residents actually got hurt during a basketball game. And then he tried to get out of the neighborhood to go to a hospital, but he didn't succeed. But luckily, it's not an emergency situation. But if you're in emergency situations, going through the so-called normal process may not get you to the hospital. It may not get you out of the neighborhood. They told us you have to have a pass from the uh, neighborhood office, but that number, that phone number is always non-responsive. So it's hard. So we're very worried. We're trying to be as careful as possible, uh, try not to get hurt in any way, because otherwise it's very hard to really get into an emergency room. Um, how far are you allowed to stay or how, how far out are you allowed to go? Is, is it just in like neighborhood? Most neighborhoods have like gates. If it's a modern neighborhood, it has gates. So when there are people stationed at the gates, then you cannot go out essentially. But there are also some traditional neighborhoods which doesn't have 
gates, then people may escape. Some friends of mine actually go out of the neighborhood because of medical needs. They told me that basically, if you go on street, there will be police who will look at your identity, look at your so-called passes. If you don't have a pass, then you are not going anywhere farther. So they will stop you and look for all kinds of tests, proofs, or passes. If you don't have them, you will be in trouble. You will be advised to go back to where you live. If you don't cooperate, they have the authority to lock you down to some other facilities, I think. You about certain passes. What type of passes yeah. There are some uh, special allowance passes. For example, if someone who does have medical needs, the neighborhood community official can give you a pass to get out of the neighborhood, to go to a hospital. Uh, and you also need to have like text messages for your um, appointment information to show that you do have a medical needs and it, you are telling the truth that you're going to the hospital. So that's one kind of passes. There's also a kind of passes which is called the special supply passes because the whole city has 25 million people. They, they need food, they need all kinds of things. So the government would allow a team of suppliers for these suppliers to travel in the city, they gave out those passes so that you can have a car, you have a personnel who hold these passes, those cars can be getting on the road. So with these cards, can you go anywhere you would want? Some passes allow you to go within the township. Some passes allow you to go across the townships, just maybe east of the Huangpu River. And some passes, they have different levels of passes, basically, uh, allow you to go uh, all over the city. And it's very hard to get those passes because the supply is very limited and you have to go through all kinds of authority levels to get those. Um, talking about this genre of topic, um, how do you and your family spend your day at home? Well, first of all, our helper for food and cleaning, she got locked down in her own apartment, so we don't have a lot of help from her. So we have to do a lot of houseworks. That takes up a lot of time. And then um, we'll read. We'll just try to work on our own stuff just like before. But the lockdown has made it very hard because I think the mentality situation during the lockdown is not very normal. So that you, you it's very hard for you to focus and concentrate on the work you're trying to do like writing books or holding conferences online it's it's much harder and then we spend some time with the neighbors just to talk about our difficulties that helps to keep our mind to be peaceful um so from my own experience i was really angry in the first 20 days because i cannot find any reasonable uh, explanations for this policy. So I've been angry for 20 days. After that, I tried to understand the perspective of this policy. Even though it's unscientific, it does, does not make any sense. And as long as I understand, I stopped being angry because it's no use. Because I, I, no one can change this once the model is beyond scientific reasoning. 
they have very different views about this virus situation. They think their lockdown policy is very successful during the 2020 uh, Wuhan incidents. They value that experience so much. Once the virus has changed so much, it's less deadly, um, it spreads more. They didn't assimilate this new piece of information. And I think that their dreadfulness about this virus will kill a lot of people that would make the whole society um, not very stable. That kind of dreadfulness has lead their decisions so much. This is just a stubborn, non-scientific, wrong policy. But the problem is that the person who is in power to make those policies are just in that mental stage. There's not much bargaining power on our side as residents. So at some point of time, you have to give up the dissonance in your mind and try to be happy every day and try to you know, work on things that is under your control. Yeah. It's sad, I know, but, yeah. but there's really not much you can do about it. When it first started, were there any like violent disagreements? I have to say the Shanghainese, uh, the citizens in Shanghai, they are very civilized. They seem to be very um, peaceful and tame. They don't try to go on the street to solve the problem. They try to do their own best to endure the difficult uh, situation. There's not many gathering to protest the government policy in Shanghai. A lot of individuals may have uh, disobedience of the policy, but not many gatherings as far as I know. I think the Shanghainese people are trying to work individually to deal with the difficulty, which I, I respect very much because um, that's the best way to, to help themselves to go through this difficulty. The government is so powerful that even if we gather together, it's it's still very hard to get what we want, especially they're forcing this policy so much. But I heard that people react quite differently in Beijing. Uh, a lot of people gather together on the street and protest how uh, illegal it is for the government to do the lockdown. I think it was a news video. He said like there was this one very big, massive apartment complex and one person inside of it tested positive and the entire mm -hmm. building was sent to those isolation hospitals. Is that yes. true? Yes, it is true. Well, there's two aspects to it. One is that the Shanghai government realized how bad it is to lock down for so long and how bad it is to the economy. They are trying to make the positive cases who are not locked down to be zero as soon as possible. That's why they're trying to pull away uh, people who are either tested positive or close to those positive cases into isolation places such that those people who are still floating around in their own homes have fewer and fewer cases as much as possible. That's one aspect. The other aspect is that the policy itself of pulling people, as many people as possible, away from their homes is cruel. And it's just not humane, I think. 
the whole um, building has to be taken away. How absurd this is, is like, it's just like saying, if you want to get a zero count of positive cases, the only way to do that is just move all the Shanghainese people out of Shanghai, then you get a zero. It's just that absurd. The Omicron version of the virus has its own feature. It's less deadly. It's different than the 2020 Wuhan version. But at the same time, it's very uh, contagious, much more contagious than the Wuhan version of the virus. From my own perspective, I think that this updated virus requires um, a widespread um, establishment of testing places, of um, vaccination, and of antiviral drugs. All these things, I think, are the correct measures to deal with this particular virus. But I think that we have spent so much resources on locking people down. All these necessary measures are not being paid attention, are not tried the government's best efforts to, to place them in uh, action. My, my worry is that uh, even if the Shanghai lockdown ends and we got a zero count in positive cases, once we open up, we will still see positive cases. And what would we do then? Are we going to lock people down again? Because this virus is not obviously not listening to us. I mean, I think it is still really crazy. How do you expect to like get zero COVID cases in a country so or in a city so big? Right. Especially for Omicron, it's so contagious. Like the R0, the indication index for how contagious it is, like is outrageously high. So it's just impossible. I, I don't know how soon the government, who those, those people who make the policies would realize that it's just not possible to lock that down because there are a lot of uh, communities who, has been, who have been locked down for 50 days without a positive case. And then there's a positive case. What the lockdown policy is doing is both harming the economy and people's normal life at the same time, not saving the situation. So, yeah, you're right. I don't think the lockdown will work. The positive cases will come back unless the virus is just disappearing. But would you say that um, the situation is getting easier or the cases are diminishing and things are getting, I don't know, more lenient? Things are getting a bit better, but depending on how you deal with the situation, really. Um, I guess in this kind of time, you really have to take good care of yourself and try the all kinds of things that you can, sometimes even not official or not allowed by the policy. You just have to think out of the box to get whatever resource support you can. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Okay, yeah. I like your project, guys. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye.
much that I can't see Who knows Is this the start of something new?